0: I wanted to start today's episode off with that song that goes, money, 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 money. Except then when I started singing it in my head, I was like, is that the song that Mr. President used when The Apprentice was on? So I hope you enjoyed my voice instead of the actual song. Rest in peace, money song. But today's episode, we are talking about money. We are talking about money. Um money is a a very sticky subject for a lot of people in step families. And I also used to live in this place where I thought that my husband's support payments were going to be the death of me. (laughs) I'm not being dramatic either. Like I actually thought maybe I was dramatic then, but I actually thought that. But what this episode is also intended to do is show you that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel if you choose to see it. There are other ways to look at support payments and financial circumstances in step families than just of lock, lock, bleep, lack, lack, and loss. So, today's episode, I'm just going to be chatting quickly about uh, how I was able to kind of go from that place of really thinking that support payments were going to be the death of me to being able to manifest a six figure sum of money and literally have it drop on my lap and not have it come through step queen so stay tuned i really enjoyed doing this episode uh and i hope that it gives you a lot to think about and a lot of hope a lot of hope for your own abundance moving forward where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail i get it As a stepmom, mom and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave and how much money you're allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the queen of your castle podcast. I am your host, Brittany Lynch. If you just saw my Instagram story, you will see that I am shooting this podcast from a very strange location. Um, I know that you know many of you follow me on Instagram, and maybe you have seen my stories this past week or tonight as I'm shooting this, recording this. And if you saw, you know, uh, maybe about a week ago, I talked about this really amazing and life-changing manifestation that just came true for me, for my family, and. You know, long story short, I always work with a mentor because I believe that in order to be a great mentor, you must have a great mentor. And I would never ask my clients to do something that I don't already do myself. So everything I teach, I also practice myself because I know that it works and I know that it creates transformation and gets results. So for as long as I will mentor others, I will always have a mentor. I will always practice what I preach. Anyway, just recently, I began working with my mentor specifically on manifesting the flow of a very specific sum of money. And throughout this episode, I'm going to be telling you exactly how I was able to attract a 6 figure sum, yes six figures six figure sum of money into my life in less than 90 days from the day that I started this specific practice and you know if there's ever been a time in your life that you have been like if I just had this this chunk of money fall into my lap my life would be changed right and that is what that is what just happened we were my family Seamus and I have been talking about you know maybe relocating or buying another property somewhere hot because Canada and these winters make me miserable and so there are some things that we need to do before we can do that right like one we need to wait until my stepson turns 18 but two We need to figure out logistically, how are we going to make that happen financially? Not in a way that we think it's impossible, but how are we going to make that happen? And so when I was doing this manifestation challenge with my mentor, I said, this specific number, this specific six figure sum of money would be life-changing. This would give us what we need or a very, very good start of what we need to be able to relocate somewhere hot Um, and get those things in place that will make us feel really comfortable that we're making the right choice and doing things properly, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty how to, I wanted to chat about this huge realization that I had throughout this abundance practice that I've been doing with my mentor. Um, But even though I just it's just coming to the surface right now because I'm in it right now with my mentor. It's sort of been percolating in my mind for some time. And quite a while back now, I wrote an article for Stepmom magazine titled, Riding the Alimony Pony. And in that article, I spoke to this topic that's usually really uncomfortable emotionally, for many stepmoms. And that is this topic of the fact that many of our partners pay their ex a sum of money on a regular basis. That's either for child support or spousal support or a combination of both. And in that specific article for Stepmom Magazine, I really took a look at the social constructs and social conditioning that really affect women's earning power and especially after they give birth. Um, and it's a a great article. If I do say so myself, it's a great article. So you'll have to grab that edition of Stepmom Magazine uh, and read it so you know what I'm talking about and maybe get a little bit of a different perspective on what spousal support and child support, like why that is so important. So anyway, since I wrote that article, I've noticed a lot of conversations about money, and not even so much conversations about money, but rather a kind of a pervasive belief about a lack of money in step families, a lack of money in step families. And since I don't believe in coincidences, <laughs> and since information like this would have helped me so much a few years ago, and because I really, 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 really believe that so many people have a really challenging relationship with money. You know, I know I've always had a really challenging relationship with money. It's been work to get to this place where money is not an emotional thing anymore. So because of that, you know, I really hope that this episode is able to help you take a look at your relationship to the flow of abundance through maybe a different lens than you've looked at it before. Now, let me start off by saying that every single thing I'm about to talk about, I'm bringing up because I also used to have the exact same mindset around it. So if you find that you've said or thought many of these things, then know that this is actually a really good thing because it means that when you shift the way you think about these things, your experience with abundance will also shift. So in other words, if you have the same beliefs about child support and spousal support and money that I used to have, this is a really good thing because if you do have these beliefs, then what it really means is that you're pinching off your abundance. You are preventing the flow of abundance to come your way because you cannot, you cannot focus on a lack of money and expect to have an abundance of it. Like, you know, when your garden hose gets kinked and the water stops flowing out, each of these beliefs are like a kink in the garden hose. And abundance is like the water trying to come through. And each time that you have one of these lacking or lack beliefs about money, you kink up your garden hose. And if you're saying, okay, well, that doesn't sound like a very good thing to me at all. (laughs) This, let me explain. So this is a good thing because once you do the mindset work around these beliefs, once you get to the bottom of your stories about money and learn to manage your thoughts and your emotions and your energy around money, then you'll open yourself up to a new level of abundance flowing into your life. You will unkink your garden hose so that abundance can flow through into your life. So if you resonate with what I'm about to talk about, then this is so great, right? Because you're going to know exactly where to start peeling your onion. You're going to know exactly where your kinks are. And, you know, the amount of work that I've done around my relationship to money it has been substantial. You know, my mom was, uh, God bless her, my mother, the angel, saint, goddess, mother, She was a single mom of me and my three younger sisters. Our dad was a homeless IV drug addict who never paid one red cent of child support. All of our extended family lived a province away, you know, and my mom, who's gone through more in one lifetime than most people will in 10, she worked really, 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 really hard. And she worked really, really, really long hours to keep a roof over our heads and to keep the lights on and to keep food in our mouths. And we never had much, Right. but we always had enough and somehow i have no idea somehow she found money to like do things like send us to semi-private school and i don't know how she did what she did my mom is the most incredible person i've ever met in my whole entire life but the conversations that i grew up hearing and the observations about money that i grew up seeing were things like you know how hard money was to make or you have to work your tail off to make money. There's never enough money, right? So that was my reality about money for a very long time. This is through you know, no fault of my mother, I'm not at all. Mom, if you're listening, if you're listening to this mom, I'm not putting down you, you and your hard work whatsoever. But what I'm saying is that those stories about what earning money was supposed to look like affected me into adulthood. Until I learned that I have the power to tell a new story. And you know, before I get into those beliefs that I used to have, specifically, fast forward to the future, specifically about money and my step family, I do want to preface by saying, you know, if you are someone who does receive either spousal or child support from an ex partner, the things I'm going to be speaking about right away are not intended to make you feel guilty or ashamed or any of that like at all so if you're listening to what I'm about to say and you're like what the hell is this chick going on about just trust me just trust me for five and listen through the uncomfortable part because no matter which side of the field you're playing from whether you're on the side of the field whose household income contributes to support payments or you're playing from the side of the field who receives support payments this conversation we're having about money is equally important for both sides, at least in my interpretation. Also, I hate to say sides because that signifies that we're against each other, but we're not. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So so here we go with my story. So once upon a time, in a land not very far away, unless you live in Australia, then I'm very far away, I was a very new stepmom. Okay. And I was a hot ass mess. And during that time when I was a hot ass mess. <laughs> And my thoughts spiraled out of control about my husband and his ex-wife and their son. And, you know, during that time when I couldn't get through a day or barely through even a few hours without feeling like I was going to have a freak out about something to do with my step family, right? Of the many, 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 many problems that I believed that I had about my step family. Money was close to the top of that list. So, only a f- handful of years ago, I believed that money was one of my top three problems. Okay. And I had a significant amount of it, but I still believed that money was a problem. And one of the biggest money related problems that I believed I had was specifically related to the fact that my husband and his ex wife had a support agreement between them and the details of that agreement are not not mine to share, but I will share my own experience and my own interpretations and what that looked like through my own lens. So, my husband and his ex-wife had this support agreement, and within that agreement contained several details that the past version of me was not particularly fond of. And that's me trying to be delicate and politically correct, but who am I trying to kid? The real uncensored version is that the way I interpreted their support agreement back then made me really freaking angry. And the way I interpreted their support agreement made me think some really nasty thoughts and say some really, really nasty things to my husband, to my friends, to my family, right? The way I interpreted their support agreement made me feel like my husband's ex-wife was taking something from me. It made me feel like my stepson was taking something from me. And it made me feel like my husband was choosing to give to them so that he could take from me. That he didn't give a shit about me and our future. That's how I felt back then. So ultimately, the way I interpreted their support agreement made me feel like I was a victim to this circumstance. Made me feel like everyone else was winning. And there I was, the loser in the corner that everyone had forgotten about. I mean, obviously that's not true, but at the time, like I sure thought that it was. And I mean, the good news, depending on how you look at it, is that human beings don't change unless they are up against great adversity. And that's a quote from Eckhart Tolle that is not mine. Uh, But I was just listening to an incredible interview between Russell Brand, who's one of my faves, and Eckhart Tolle, who is one of my faves. So the two of them together, let me tell you something else. But that was something that Eckhart Tolle really emphasized. You know, he said that as a human being, you absolutely will not change until remaining where you are becomes too painful to stay there. So thankfully, it became way too painful for me to stay where I was. It became, it became way too painful for me to keep living in this space where I felt like life was happening to me. Before I go on and tell you how I got to where I am today, it's important that we take a look at where I came from. Because back then, money was a struggle. My whole life, I felt like money was a struggle. And back then, in my early stepmom days, I was obsessed with money. I was obsessed with it. And back then, I can all but guarantee that this manifestation probably never would have happened and it definitely would have never happened the way that it did, okay? With the amount of ease that it happened. Now... I'm going to tell you about some of the beliefs that I had back then about money and support payments and what I made that mean about me and what I made that mean about my husband and his ex-wife and their son. And for every belief that I list off, for each one that I say that you currently agree with, I'd like you to count that as a point. You can count on your fingers or in your head or on a piece of paper if you're not driving, but just keep note, okay? So here we go with some of my old money beliefs. And you can go ahead and keep track of which of these are a yes for you. So my first one, my first old money belief was the fact that my husband has a support agreement with his ex means that he cares more about her and their old life more than he cares about me and our new life. That was one big belief that I had. Another one I had was the reason that we don't, don't go on trips or vacations is because of the money that my husband pays his ex-wife. Another belief that I had, my husband's ex-wife should get a better paying job. Another one I believed was that my husband paid way too much money for support. Another one I believed was that my husband's ex should not be allowed to spend her support money on things for herself, like new clothes or vacations or getting her hair done. The last one we're going to talk about is like the belief that I had that my husband should spend less money on my stepson because he pays enough in support that he doesn't need to be buying anything else on our time. So now that I've listed those off, and I mean, those are just a handful of the beliefs that I used to have about money, specifically related to my step family. And maybe you had a few more pop into your mind as I was going through those. But as I was saying them, I want you to notice, did you have any sensations show up in your body? In other words, did you have an emotion did you have an emotional response? Right. When I when I listed just that handful of beliefs about money, was there anything I said that made your heart beat faster, made you feel anxious, maybe made you feel embarrassed or ashamed, maybe angry or contemptuous? Maybe even before those specific beliefs, before we even got into those specific beliefs, does just, just the pure conversation about money make your skin crawl or make you wanna run away? Or are you are you pretty comfortable, are you perfectly comfortable talking about money? Or maybe did hearing any of those beliefs make you feel like you had to defend yourself or defend somebody else? If you are someone who receives support payments, do you feel like it's completely unfair for someone To think that way about you or your kids. And wherever you're at here, just notice this. There's no wrong place to be, but just notice this. Get curious about what happened in your body as we're talking about this. What's happening? What's happening in your body? What's happening in your mind? And I know that for most people, this money conversation is really uncomfortable. But what does uncomfortable mean? means you're growing. So if this is uncomfortable for you, that's perfect. It means you're growing. And I would invite you to just stick with me here because we're going to get to the other side right of uh, right away. And if you're wondering like, what the beep are you talking about? I came here out to figure out how to f- have a six figure sum of money drop into my lap. Then I promise this, this will all make sense in a very short minute. So back in the day, During this time that I thought the money my husband paid his ex was the reason that I didn't have a million dollars just sitting in my bank account. And I mean, this was, like I said, one of the many things I had problems with back then, but it became so painful to stay there. It became so painful to live in this space where on one hand, I loved my husband so much, but on the other hand, I hated everything, or I thought I hated everything about his past. I thought I hated it so deeply that I was letting it eat me from the inside out. And because of this pain, I was burning down everything around me. But then, you know, as luck would have it, again, I don't believe in coincidences, but something happened that really contributed to getting the ball rolling to this drastic transformation that I ended up going through. And during that time, I was presented with an opportunity to work with my first mentor. Now, at first, when I saw the price tag of the investment to work with this mentor, my very first mentor, I thought $5,000 for a mentor, right? Like that is way too freaking expensive. And I went through that battle in my mind of like, well, if it wasn't for my husband's ex-wife, then I could probably afford that. And if it wasn't for my husband's ex-wife, I probably wouldn't even need a coach. And if my stepson wasn't in hockey, then we'd have the money that I could get this coach. (laughs) But what was I looking at as an alternative, right? Like a $15,000 divorce, a mental breakdown, continuing to damage my health, obliterate my relationships, (laughs) So when I saw it that way, I asked myself now, like, does $5,000 look too expensive, right? No way. No freaking way. Now this becomes some of the best money I've ever spent. And if it wasn't for that first mentor of mine, Step Queen would not exist. And I'm not exaggerating. Step Queen would not exist if it was not for that first mentor of mine. I would not be sitting here on the other side of the microphone if I did not take that leap. You know, regardless of all the stories I still had about money and regardless of the belief I had that my husband's ex-wife was stealing all my money, right? and regardless of the belief that my stepson playing hockey was responsible for the pa- fact that I didn't have a million dollars in my bank account, it really came down to this realization that I'd been trying to figure this out on my own for years. And I wasn't doing any figuring, not any good figuring anyway. So it was either try something new, do the scary thing, dive headfirst into making some changes, or else let everything play out the way it was going. And the writing was on the wall. So I began working with this mentor, and she led me to my second mentor, who was a lot more uh, spiritually focused. And I, there was a lot of transformation that happened with my second mentor. And finally, I started working with the current mentor that I have now, who actually happens to be the person who mentored my first mentor, okay? Again, coincidence? I think not. So anyway, along this journey of having some really incredible people who helped me grow an awful lot, something that's come up consistently has been the topic of money and abundance and prosperity, And I've done the most work around the flow of abundance with my last two mentors specifically. So when I really started to get to the root of my beliefs of like, why do I think money is so hard to make? I started to realize like, if it was that, if it was true that money was that hard to make, wouldn't everyone believe that money was hard to make? Like if, if that was really true, if that was really a fact that money is hard to make, then how can there be millionaires? How can there be billionaires? Their truth, their truth would not be that money was hard to make. And for something to be a truth, it has to be true for everyone. That is literally the definition of a truth is that it's true for everyone. Or what about, you know, if it was true that you have to work really, really hard, work yourself to the bone to make money. If that was true, that was really true, then how do people who have never lifted one finger inherit huge fortunes or how does it seem that the people at the top of all the corporate ladders are always out playing golf and how did I just have a six-figure contract dropped in my lap when I wasn't looking for this work I was not looking for this work at all it just it literally dropped into my lap Or, you know, if it was really true, if it was really true that my husband's ex-wife was the reason I didn't have a million dollars in my bank account, then why did I not have a million dollars in my bank account before I met my husband? If she was really the reason, if that was really true, if she was really the culprit, then before she was in my life, I should have been a millionaire already. Yes? The biggest myth that we buy into as a society is that money is this elusive, mystical substance that we can never have enough of. That the only way to have it is to hold onto it with a death grip. That the reason some people feel like they don't have enough is because somebody else has too much. This lie, we believe, that in order to have enough, we have to take it away from somebody else. But that is not true. One of my favorite quotes by Abraham Hicks is that you can't get sick enough to help the sick become well. You can't get poor enough to help the poor become prosperous. And you can't feel bad enough to help the bad feel good. So in other words, if it's truly abundance and prosperity and peace and happiness and health and ease and flow that you do want in your life in your step family in your career and you know these things are wanted by most every person on this planet but if it, but if it is in fact that you who are sitting there listening to this right now are in search of finding these things then the truth is that you cannot have them by taking them away from somebody else What you seek cannot be found in taking it away from somebody else. And Tony Robbins says all the time, all the time. It's like he needs it tattooed on his forehead. Tony Robbins says all the time, the reason for living is giving. And he owns an island in Fiji. okay, And he bases his whole life on how much he can give back. So when you shift to see each day as one of limitless possibility and potential. When you shift to see the expanse of the universe to literally be endless, when you recognize that there are truths about the world and those truths are not the same as your beliefs about the world, then all of a sudden your garden hose begins to unkink. And I truly believe that this is why I had this money flow to me. Because my relationship to money... And really, my relationships to everything else have changed so drastically. And through this manifestation workshop I've been doing with my mentor, we went even deeper into, you know, a lot of beliefs I had that were pinching me off from this flow. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I still have a long way to go and I'm by no means perfect at this, but I genuinely feel like I'm in a much more receptive place now and I shit you not like I swear on Rory's life and on Seamus's life and all my stepson's life this six-figure sum of money that flowed to me came completely effortlessly in the form of of a text message from an old acquaintance my life changed in one day and in order for me now you might be thinking like, what's it? What do you have to do, Brittany? Like, what do you have to do to fulfill this contract, right? Like you don't just get money for free and you would be correct. You don't just get money for free. You can't just sit on your butt and eat bonbons and make money while well, maybe you can. But um, but in order, like I still, have, I still have to uphold my end of the bargain, right? That's why if you saw my Instagram stories, that's why I'm in this weird little shack right now. <laughs> right now. But literally all I have to do to fulfill my end of the bargain is sit in an office and do a few laps in a truck a couple of times a day, drive around this place a few times a day. And I'm really required to sit in an office for legal purposes and for emergency purposes. And that's it. And so this translates to me having about eight hours of free time every day that I'm here, which translates to having plenty of time to do what I love, which is to help stepmoms get to a place where they feel appreciated and respectful and peaceful and abundant. And I know I said at the beginning that I would tell you exactly how this money came to me. And the truth is that I've taken some good, hard looks at my relationship with money, my relationship with time, my relationship with how I derive my sense of value and my sense of worth. I've examined my relationships to my amazing husband, Seamus, to my stepson, to Rory, to my clients. Everything we do in life is part of a relationship. We have relationships to everything. We have relationships to food, to money, to people, to your vehicle, to our career, to ourselves. So I'm going to wrap things up here by leaving you with a few things to chew on. What is your relationship like with money? What is your relationship like with time, with food, with alcohol, with Netflix? What's your relationship like with your partner? your stepkids, their other parent or their other parents. What's your relationship like with yourself? You, know, you can even have a relationship with sleep, with rest, with relaxation, with busyness. And so if any of those relationships leave you thinking that there's room for improvement, then what step can you take today to improve that relationship? to move the needle, even one teeny tiny bit is still an improvement. That's still a win. So what commitment can you make today in order to create relationships that leave you feeling more supported, more nurtured, more peaceful, more fulfilled, more valued, even one degree more? And that's still one degree more. That's still progress. That's still a huge win. So what is it that you want from your life And how will you know when you get there? These are not easy questions for most, but I can promise you one thing, and that is that freedom will most likely be found in your answers. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.